welcome to Career Sequel, the Return to Work podcast. If you're re-entering the workforce after a career break, you just found your one-stop shop. I'm your host, Dr. Lee Coles, industrial organizational psychologist, career strategist, and the founder of Career Sequel. Each week, I discuss strategies you can use to bridge your career gap and land flexible, meaningful work you'll love. My mission? To help you find a job that fits your life. Hello, everyone. It is great to be with you today on Career Sequel, the Return to Work podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lee Coles, and I hope all of you are enjoying yourselves today. I can't believe that we're kicking off the fifth month of 2022. We're coming up on halfway through the year. How has it been going for you? Did you set any career goals back in January? How have they been going? Are you where you wanted to be? Are you ahead of where you wanted to be? I want to do all I can to help you achieve those career goals that you set for yourself. If you've been wanting to return to work for a while, but you've been having trouble getting motivated to go back or you've been hitting dead ends, I want you to stop and take a look, not at what you're doing or not doing, but what you're thinking. Yes, this is where my psychologist and life coach background come into play. There are certain return to work myths that are circulating out there that as job seekers or potential job seekers, we grab onto, and then we repeat them over and over to ourselves like they're facts, all the while not understanding that they are not facts, they are not true, they are myths. Return to work myths keep us stuck. They paralyze us. They prevent us from making decisions and moving forwards. These myths play this nasty, taunting song in our heads that we listen to over and over that drain us of our confidence and our drive. They prevent us from going out there and landing a job that's flexible and meaningful, something that fits our life. So today I am taking you on a myth buster mission. I'm going to talk to you about the most common myths about returning to work. You are going to be shocked to hear that some of the things you believe to be facts are not. Once you learn about them, you're going to feel so much better because when these myths pop into your head again, you're going to be able to confidently dismiss them and then move forward strategically in your job search. Are you ready? Let's do this. Myth number one is you won't get hired if you're late to the game. I'm kicking off our myths with this one because it is so common, regardless of your age or your experience or how long you've been out of the workforce. My 20-something-year-old clients tell themselves that they're starting too late. (laughs) They feel like if they study one thing in school and then they realize that they want to go to a different field, they feel like they're already behind and then they punish themselves for not picking the quote right major, something that would have put them on the quote right track. My clients who want to pivot industries tell themselves this too. They look at the time that they spent working as a waste, a waste of time because it was in a totally different field. Again, the wrong field because they're wishing they did something else. And my clients who stepped out of their workplace and took a career break 
They tell themselves that they are late to the game and they scold themselves that they've wasted time. And sure, they're glad they took time off to attend to other areas of their lives. But now that they're trying to get a job, they feel like it's too late. Everyone else is further ahead of them and no one's going to hire them. Here's the truth. Your job search trajectory is not a race. It is not a straight line. It is so very rare that people decide what they want to study when they're 16 years old. They check that box to select a major on the college application. They go to school, thrive in those classes throughout college, get out, and then work in that field for the rest of their lives. I mean, how many people do you know who did just that? And we're happy (laughs) after doing just that. Because it kind of goes against the design of our human brains. Our brains question, they're curious, they get distracted, and then life taps us on the shoulder too. We have an experience that opens our minds and takes us into a different direction, or we meet people who cause us to look at ourselves and our world in a totally different way, or we encounter circumstances that stop us in our tracks, that pull us away from what we're doing, that make us do a 180 that make us take a pause. And these are all the things that cause us to be more interesting people, more dynamic, more worldly, more adaptable, which guess what is really attractive to hiring managers. These twists and turns are what set us apart and what make us so unique. Our stops and our starts and our backing up make us multidimensional. One of my clients was a lawyer for a decade before she took a 10-year-plus career break. And when she decided to return to work, she wanted to apply to be a director of a nonprofit that was in a completely different industry, one totally unrelated to law. And she was thinking, oh my gosh, it's too late to enter this nonprofit world. She saw these people who had spent their whole careers in the nonprofit world. They had years of experience that would make them perfect for this job. But I had to remind my client that she brought a completely different set of experiences. She stood out because of her law background. And even though she hadn't practiced law in years, she had that background, Some something that no one could take away from her. It differentiated her And it made her an even more attractive candidate. Myth number two is you're only qualified for jobs in your most recent industry. So many people believe this myth. That's because they don't understand the concept of transferable skills. Transferable skills are skills that you use in one job or one industry that you can also use in other jobs or industries. And it is so freeing to understand transferable skills because you realize that your future career isn't anchored to what you did before. So you may be wondering, wait, can you just tell me what is a skill? Well, a skill is the ability to use one's knowledge effectively in performance. And some examples of skills include counseling, coding, researching, delegating, leading teams, calculating data, writing, editing. I could go on and on. And in fact, I take my clients through a skills analysis 
where they rate a comprehensive list of skills in terms of how much they enjoy doing them and how good they are at them. What we wind up focusing on is a category of skills that they love using and are good at. These are called motivated skills, and you want your next job to require you to use these motivated skills. We also steer clear of the burnout skills. Those are the skills that you're good at, but you don't like using. So often we wind up taking a job that fits our burnout skills. We're good at these things. We don't really like them. That is the job that you wind up not liking and not staying in for long. Say your previous experience was in finance but you didn't enjoy finance. You didn't enjoy that industry. And there were some particular skills that you had to use in finance that fell into those burnout skill, that burnout skill category, like risk management, continuous process improvement, but that there were some skills that you used in your last job that you really liked. You liked public speaking, managing teams and writing. Your experience with those skills public speaking, managing teams, and writing can be just as valuable in a different industry. You can transfer those skills to a completely different job. So don't feel that just because you worked in one line of work doesn't mean that you are stuck there. Okay, look more closely and you're going to see that you have experience that will be valuable in other lines of work as well. Myth number three is no one hires people who've taken time off. If there's one thing that the pandemic has done to the world of work that has been positive is that it has normalized career breaks. Millions of people have lost their jobs within the past years. Every single one of us knows people who lost their jobs during the pandemic. It is commonplace. It is without shame. Industries shut down and crumbled and people were let go left and right, regardless of how amazing and how valuable they were. And then there were the people who left their jobs because they had to care for others. And women were impacted the most. You've heard of the great she session where millions of women left the workplace at twice the rate of men. A major contributing factor was to take care of their children who could no longer go to daycare or school. People who had always worked full time, who worked out of the house, were then stuck in their houses along with their families, and they got to see firsthand all that goes into managing kids or managing elderly parents or or all the things that you do when you're at home. So caregivers were finally seen for all that they do. Other people started standing up for their mental health and they gave up jobs that were not serving them. They were willing to unapologetically step out of the workforce to find something that better fit their lives. What this means is that hiring managers are no longer alarmed to see a career break on resumes. Breaks have been practically normalized. Even LinkedIn now has a career break feature where you can classify your time away from paid work as part of one of 13 categories, including bereavement, career transition, health and well-being, and more. The key is to embrace your break. You are out of the workforce for a reason, and when you discuss it openly and matter-of-factly, along with what you did during that time, you put the hiring manager at ease. Myth number four, career breaks are a resume dead zone. 
I got to tell you, this myth is my favorite to bust. 90 plus percent of my clients who have taken a career break warn me that they have done nothing since they stepped out of the paid workforce. They think they're special, that they're this exception to the rule that I've worked with a lot of people, but I have never had to work with someone like them. Someone who has been doing nothing of any substance with their time. I have a 100% record of proving them wrong. They're always wrong. If you think you haven't done anything, it's because you haven't taken a good look at your career break. Did you do any volunteer work? Maybe you helped organize an event in your community. Maybe you were part of an athletics club or a neighborhood association. You may have helped at your kid's school. Perhaps you helped a family member or a friend. One of my clients is a beautiful writer, and she started telling me about how she tutored her friend's kids. She helped them deconstruct Shakespeare and understand how to craft essays for their high school English classes. And then parents would call on her again to help the kids make sense of the college application process. And she spent a lot of time working with these kids, teaching them how to find their voice and express themselves through writing. But she didn't think any of that counted (laughs) because she wasn't getting paid. Unpaid work counts. Volunteer work counts. These experiences are all valuable. So this goes back to what I was saying about those transferable skills. The skills you use, whether or not you are paid to use them, can help you land a job. They can make you a really attractive job candidate. And then myth number five It's not worth it to try to get a job after a break. This myth usually translates to, I'm not worth it. My career ambitions aren't worth the stress. They're not worth the trouble. They're not worth the likelihood of rejection. I'm not going to make much money anyway, so I might as well forget it. Okay, let's kick this myth to the curb. Will you help me with that? (laughs) Of course you're worth it. Debunking those previous four myths are evidence that you are worth it. So let's take a look again at those first four myths. I'm going to rephrase them so they're debunked. It's not too late to land a job that fits your strengths and goals. Your past industries don't limit your future work options. They may, in fact, enhance them. Taking time off has lost its stigma. Career breaks can make you a more valuable job candidate. Okay, so now that you know these things to be true, it is absolutely worth it to get a job after a career break if you want to connect with your professional self. The pandemic has changed the face of the workplace. There are more flexible positions than ever. Employers are offering work from home options, hybrid work, work where you can set your own hours. You got used to flexibility when you're on a career break. And don't think that you have to give all of that up when you go back into the workforce. I hope that this episode has energized you and helped you realize that the limitations you've been putting on yourself, those myths that you've been reciting to yourself over and over are just that, myths. You can absolutely find flexible, meaningful work that you love. And it all begins by not holding yourself back to all the possibilities that are available to you. So... Please go forth, continue to enjoy this 2022. We have seven months to go. What would you like to achieve? So until we meet again next week, 
Please take good care of yourself and know that I'm cheering you on. Hey, if you're going back to work after a career break, I have a gift to help you get started. It's my free guide, Four Simple Steps You Can Take Today to Re-Enter the Workplace. I love it because it helps you get the ball rolling in a simple, easy, manageable way. Just go to my website, careersequel.com, and click on the red box that says, Get the Four Simple Steps Now. That's careersequel.com, Get the Four Simple Steps Now. See you there.